Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love. Take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our souls and set them on fire. Amen. When the young, self-taught, twangy-sounding lawyer from Illinois, Abraham Lincoln, emerged as the Republican Party presidential candidate for the 1860 election with the task of reuniting the Union, people laughed. When the young movie mogul Walt Disney leveraged everything to buy a patch of Orange Grove in Anaheim, California to create the world's first year-round amusement park, people laughed. When my grandfather announced to his family one Havana evening in October 1960 that they were leaving Cuba immediately with a return date too far out of sight to know, people laughed. When Jesus told the crowd of his followers, the child is not dead, but sleeping, people laughed. We laugh at what we believe to be impossible. We laugh because we're so uncomfortable we don't know what to do. We laugh because we can't always see what others see. And that's why we laugh at God. People laughing at Jesus and his divine wisdom is nothing new. When Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, when they were old and they were told by an angel that, that Sarah would conceive a son in her old age, she laughed. When stuttering Moses had to go up to the court of Pharaoh and tell that figure that the Egyptian people literally worshipped as a deity, that his own God said, let my people go. You can bet people laughed. When Israelites decided to march silently around the walls of Jericho, not led by soldiers, but by priests, silently. Imagine the laughter of the people tending the ramparts. What were these people down there doing? But on the seventh day, the Israelites made their march and didn't stop. The trumpets blew and the walls of the world's most ancient city came tumbling down. Now who was laughing? Last week, Jesus and his disciples set sail. They went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to a foreign land, to a foreign land of people that were different than them. The Bible calls them Gentiles. But now they're back with their own people. They're back home. They're back with the people who should understand them. But the disciples and Jesus have been changed. They're not the same. They have been transformed by their life, proclaiming this kingdom of God. And so now when they begin healing or attending to the needs and concerns of the community... When faced with seemingly unwinnable or unsolvable situations, life or death, they are met with laughter. It's easier to laugh at God's power than to take it seriously. But we don't always laugh. We don't seem to laugh at God when we're in the hospital or we're on an extremely bumpy flight or that when we're in the middle of war, or when you're at home one night and you just receive that phone call. 
getting news that you never wanted to hear, then we don't laugh at God. The times that we're living in keep us in that headspace, in this headspace a lot, don't they? We see things like children being separated from families. We hear about another mass shooting in Maryland. We groan at the thought of further discord between nations, at further civil unrest. We get sick to our stomachs when we see people of color mistreated, disrespected, or attacked with hatred. We fear the future, and we long for simpler times, for the good old days. Those memories, so nostalgic, But in all sincerity, those good old days were really not all that good. We live in this headspace because we're not seeing what God sees. The good news of God's kingdom that the disciples proclaimed changed them. When they got back home to their home country with Jesus, the crowd laughed because The disciples had been changed. Jesus had been changed. They started seeing a new possibility for the human experience that Jesus was teaching them, where people of all cultures, all faiths, people of all nations could actually learn, could find out, could live into the reality that God actually loved them, that people actually had value could actually discover that God's beautiful creation, this this world all around us that we actually live in, that actually, because of the world, it gives us life, that this world that we're in could be healed and that we could be changed and that we could be changed through this healing. So where does this leave us? Do we see what God sees as even an option, as a possibility? Or do we stay closed in, closed in, fearful, so confined in our own private world and glued to social media or the TV news of our choice that when someone tells us something wonderful will happen, all we can do is laugh out of discomfort or maybe doubt or cynicism or maybe even from a place deep down of despair. Where does this leave us? I think it leaves us feeling pushed. Pushed into this new reality of God's kingdom and realizing, you know what? We have a lot more room to grow. A whole lot more room to grow. God's kingdom is this new creation that's being born. And so as this creation that Jesus proclaims continues to develop and be born around us and in us and through us, we get wrapped up in it and we start feeling pushed because things happen and we don't see what God wants us to see. We don't learn exactly what God wants us to learn and we don't feel exactly what God wants us to feel. And so <laughs> we laugh. We have to discharge our unbelief. We laugh. But there are times that we do see. There are times when we get it right. There are times when we respond. 
There are times when this laughter is actually transforms and it transforms itself into excitement, into a new purpose, into new possibilities. Just in our community a few months ago, we saw how quickly we were able to respond to those potential childcare needs of families during the education strike. We responded quickly. But there's more transformation in real time, in the day-to-day taking place all around this community. Even here in the summer, in Phoenix, in the hot summer, there's even stuff going on now. Because this summer, the cathedral is restoring our godly play space for children into the space in which it was originally intended to be. And we have over nine people in this congregation, nine new children's education ministers being fully formed to utilize this new space. Our arts ministry for the summer, normally we put up a lot of wonderful art of of things in July and August of people from our community, but this summer we have this treasured collection from um, our ministry partner, Duet, who is is here with us and and this this art is resident with us now for two more months. And our arts ministry continues to transform us and call us to our best selves through this very thought-provoking art exhibit about family caregivers. And our diocesan and anti-racism team and voices from the margin ministries call us constantly into the hard work of reconciliation between all the peoples of Arizona. But let's, we got to go further. We got to go further. We're also caring for people This caring continues. Our community of hope is reaching out regularly to the most senior members of our community and making sure that they are okay. While a robust group of cathedral members is starting to gather and they're going to begin calling all of us in mid-July just to check in, just to make sure that none of us are missing out on the things that are nearest and dearest to your heart. And we continue to proclaim the kingdom of God in the fellowship, in the service we do. Through these Sunday community meals, we had one last week. We're having one in another month. Uh, We'll have one at the end of August. Through these Sunday community meals at church, through our ongoing service projects, through our heat respite center at Grace Lutheran down the street, through ICM, and through a newly found fellowship a newly found shared fellowship and coffee hour between our English and Spanish-speaking congregations. And especially today, as we celebrate with Sally Romney, Romley, her 93rd birthday. These are just small ways, very, very, very small ways that the kingdom of God breaks in at Trinity. The transformations in your life and among our congregation are literally endless. And when we gather each Sunday, when we are gathering each Sunday to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, we're affirming that Christ's body and blood, that Jesus' real presence will constantly help us grow, will help us transform ourselves and grow into this proclamation of the kingdom of God so that healing and wellness And new life, new things, new discoveries, new lives spring up out of this place and nourish us, nourish everyone we meet every day of the week, wherever we go. But it happens through Christ and through us. The transformations happen if we let God transform us. If we ask to let God help us see 
what God sees. And in that way, when we see a little bit more about what God sees, we start realizing, hmm, I don't really have to laugh. We don't have to laugh because instead we are filled. We are filled with this life-giving presence. As the psalm told us today, where we, are t- put, we take off the sackcloth and we are clothed with joy. We're clothed with endless love, eternal joy that encourages us to see new possibilities for our life together here, for life in Phoenix with our neighbors, for our life together with peoples of the world. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that this Jesus who sails across a lake today, who heals a woman and a young girl, who proclaims new life, who proclaims the kingdom of God, could have done all this healing and restoration and all these good things for strangers and for his own people, only to be handed over to the Romans, to be crucified, to be killed, to have a sign put over his body saying, Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, in order to make people laugh. And people did laugh. But we know the rest of the story. And that laughter was transformed for God's purposes, and people ended up truly seeing. And the bread of life which had come down from heaven, which had died on that cross, rose, rose from the dead and ushered in this, opened the kingdom of heaven and ushered in the kingdom of God for us and for all and for all time. It started with a laugh. A laugh of a crowd on the Sea of Galilee. But the end result was healing. A new creation. The end result was amazement. And abundant, abundant joy. Find your healing. Find your joy. God wants you to see it. It's here. It's all around you. Everywhere you go. The kingdom of God has come near.